22 yards should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Yo, yo. Welcome in, golf fans. My name is Joe Idoni. You are tuning into the Preferred Lines podcast and live stream. Uh, happy to have you here this week. We're going to sort of recap what we saw yesterday from the Memorial Tournament, the electric finish. There was electric finishes all around the world of golf that I'm sure we'll talk about. And then we're going to get right into the RBC Canadian Open, making a new stop at a new home this year. I've got a guest who has it's unique and pretty much untouched insights to the course that uh, you're only going to get here tonight, live, 8.30 p.m. Thank you for checking out the show. A like and a subscribe goes a long way. If you're here, if you're checking this out on Twitter right now, I encourage you to go over to the YouTube channel. That helps me a lot. Getting the engagement up on YouTube, drop a comment in the chat is always uh, extremely helpful as it helps sort of as I'm starting to learn the ins and outs of YouTube. Uh, it helps the algorithm sort of pick up the show and potentially find new viewers. My guy, Ted here. What a beautiful night to talk off. Ted, so I upgraded the plan, just so you know, last week to 1080p coverage because you sent me a picture of your beautiful backyard with me on the big screen by your pool, and the resolution was terrible. So let me know if we're coming through any better this week. Uh, Brian, what's up to you as well? Joanne, thank you for joining. Thank you all for being here. Really excited to talk uh, golf this week. Uh, shout out as always to the fantasy golf pod program. Uh, the DK picks and strategy show will be out Wednesday, followed by the golf guys program. Always appreciate them, um, supporting the show and helping to sort of bring this to life quick, sort of, uh, I don't know, some things to touch on here before we totally get started. I wanted to bring this up. These will be coming out very soon. If you're interested in supporting the show, I'm trying to sell hats and t-shirts, anything like this helps support the show. These will be coming out later this week. New logo, circular logo, Preferred Lines Golf Club. We've got the gray and black corduroy. We got the rope pad, a couple of different options there. Cool little summer feel. Uh, hope that you guys enjoy that as well as all the other stuff we put out. Also, um, just to mention, I put out a video this weekend. I played some golf with my dad over at the park on a par three course. I threw some content out there where I played nine holes, tried to break par. That's on the YouTube page as well. Check that out. All of that goes on to help the show greatly, so I appreciate all your guys' support. Now, without further ado, I don't want to waste any more time whatsoever. I can't wait to t – I usually don't drink on the show anymore, but given what I had to go through yesterday at the memorial and what this man has been through for the past 24 hours, I figured it was appropriate to pour up a cocktail tonight and welcome on this guest back to the show for like his fourth time. Recurring guest, the one, the only, the incomparable Jeff Feinberg. How are you tonight, my good friend? I'm doing fantastic, Joe. Thanks for having me as always. Cheers, man. I know you had a big day over there checking out the course. Your home turf, have, just before we get started, like how long has this been sort of a talking point and a reality for the membership? And is it something that like you can feel the community and membership like an excitement and anticipating building around this event for quite some time? Uh, well, as I've said a few times, I think like the first like three or four people that told me there are rumors about this or this was happening and like Gulf Canada was like looking at it or wanted it. 
was like, you're a liar. Like, you're full of shit. Like, that's not even possible. Like, it was never really a thing. The course has been around forever, at least in Toronto. It's not, you know, it's like a, a lot of private clubs. That's a lot of the members probably don't even want the pros there. But there's a great yeah. sense of pride, I think, for everyone involved in the membership to see this happen. And, you know, I was there today. I've never seen the property, the course itself, look as beautiful as it does. And it's a course that's usually kept in, you know, 10 out of 10 shape, but you throw in these PGA tour agronomists, you know, yeah. around and, and you bring in like the full fortress of mowers from all the co courses around the city. It's quite magical what they can make a property look like. I tell you. Yeah. The transformation has to be so cool. I'm going to, I, I want to start before we get into the course this week and some picks for the Canadian open. What a Sunday we had, man. I mean, we saw the epic, potential like career ignition switch totally flipped with Victor Hovland yesterday. Unfortunately, it was the, the brunt of the situation was my guy, Denny. I did not have an outright on Denny. I was force feeding live bets on Denny, just taking horrid value, Jeff. It was like the only thing I can compare it to is like when the Browns were in the AFC championship game against the Chiefs, and I knew they weren't going to win the entire game, but I just kept betting it because I felt like I had to have maximum exposure. I lost it all, man, but but congrats to you on Vic, and congrats to you on the announcement of you welcoming the third child into your family. What a day for Team Feinberg. Yes, uh, that was exciting. Um as for the child, I mean, third kid, we had two girls. Uh, it's important to me that, yeah, I, I, in my soul, I was never allowing myself to believe it'd be a boy. Like, in agreeing that we should do the third child, I also mentally had to, like, agree in my brain that, like, okay, so we're going to have three daughters, and that's just, like, what the seeds are about. But, no, we all popped the boy, so that was fun. And as for Victor, that was, I mean... You know, thought it happened at Bay Hill, thought it happened at a major. It just didn't, and it kind of got frustrating. But but he finally pulled through in a big event. And so he's the man. He's 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 the best. And as I said to Pat today, like he might frustrate you. He'll do something like really silly, maybe in a round, or maybe be too aggressive here or there. But like a birdie on seventeen on a Sunday where no one in the field makes a birdie, the guy just makes birdie. The guy scores on holes no one else scores on, and that's been a long-standing talking point of mine for Vic. And what he did on those three closing holes, Saturday and Sunday, are him in a nutshell to me. Absolutely, and I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned he scores on holes you shouldn't score on. So I know you had a busy day at the course, but I tweeted this out earlier, and I went back to this because I thought that the coverage had it wrong at the time, and I think that they totally had it wrong. This is sort of just an illustration, I think, of Victor's willingness to be creative and take the test a different way, right? The PGA Tour throws out a test every week, and it's like the same exam for everybody, right? Victor's willing to totally think outside the box, which I think leads him to birdie some of those tough holes. But this was the third hole. Now, they brought it up in the coverage, and Colt Nose said that he had a giant pull hook off the tee and ended up in dead man zone where he did not intend to be. It wasn't intentional whatsoever. He did this last year. 
he's intentionally going way left of that creek because of that back right pin. And to my knowledge, he was the only player to do this all day on Sunday to completely rule out this fairway, to take driver 288 yards into this rough and try to get up and down for birdie. I think it just further illustrates, you know, he does this at Riviera where he plays up the wrong hole. He's just willing to sort of take on the task of professional golf in a different way. And I think that his willingness to sort of, you know, examine the course, figure out what's his best fit is continuing to lead to his progression. And as we see him sort of ascending to becoming basically uh, near a top five player in the world, I think he's there right now. Hey, according to Phil, Phil, he's the favorite, right? Huh. He should be, he's the best. He should yeah. be, the, he should be the favorite. Um, Victor, and honestly, I would say Sungjae as well, Joe, and not as good as Victor, does it? But those are two guys, like, it seems every hole to them, they try to make a birdie on. Like, every hole. They'll take on, they'll, they'll attack a pin from anywhere. Uh, and in some cases, it, it, it hurts, it crumbles them. And in other places, you're like, oh, my God, how do they do that? Yeah, um, it, it just an unbelievable finish. You know, he was very confident. I thought he caught a nice little edge on the final hole, but but Denny had a chance, right? He needed one more par uh, either time on the 18th hole, and he wasn't able to do it. But I don't think that that diminishes what he's become as a player. Um, this guy is for real. I'll proudly stand by the flag that I planted on the hill like two some years ago that this guy will win, and I do still think it's coming this summer. Um I've always said that there's going to be a week where he gains two stroke two strokes ball striking and he puts like we know he can putt and he can win. Now granted he had one of his better putting weeks of the year but they were sort of I've seen a lot of people today making out to be like this magical performance by Denny McCarthy on the greens. No, he just kind of did what he oftentimes does. He's had four starts in the last 4 months where he's gained over six and a half strokes putting. Um, this was just one of them. He talked afterwards about how he really enjoys the challenge of a difficult golf course and a difficult setup. And that's when he comes to play his best. Um, I think this was always sort of his path to victory is finding one of those good putting weeks and it being a difficult test and then just trying to not bleed too many strokes off the tee. He was close there. Um, let me ask you, as someone who tried... You know, I know that I listened to the show you and Pat did earlier, so I don't want to sort of regurgitate the entire conversation because you had some great points there. But how far is it realistic to think that this guy could potentially make a Ryder Cup roster? He's 14th right now, currently in the United States standings. Like, I'm not really there, but if he keeps it up, like, it could be a thing. He seems like he's a course fit, but I think it's like, like all those guys that saw an opening, I think they're in trouble because Ricky's coming to take their spot. Yeah. I like, think he's the it. favorite. Like, Denny might, yeah. I mean, depending on what they win, um, but I don't think Kiniyama's win is, or even Wyndham Clark can maybe keep Ricky off their heels. Hmm. I think to me right now, it's between three guys really i think it's ricky it's i don't think kitiyama is going to be there in my opinion i think it's ricky i think it's sahith because of his youth and because he's still top 20 right now and he's made 12 out of 12 cuts this year with four top 10s um and i think danny can be thrown in the mix Wyndham clark's of course in there but i think he needs a win or a potential another second place finish this summer um but i do think he's a great setup for a course fit to me like 
Jeff, like match play, the fact that you're playing a team, the fact that there's going to be a round where he's going to be able to play someone else's ball and have them putt first and him get a read on their putt and go second. Like he still has such a unique asset and the importance of putting in any sort of match play format is always heightened and extra energized in match play. If you can be have a guy that hits 15 put foot putts it's demoralizing to the opponent it's encouraging it's uplifting to your team um and you know i mentioned sahith 12 out of 12 cuts ricky's 12 out of 13 denny's 11 out of 13 he's got three top tens his last six elevated events have all been top 30 finishes which include three top 15s he's trending in a right direction but i agree with you i think he's a win away maybe a rocket mortgage maybe a john deere even a lesser field event and i think that he's he's potentially right there the problem is is there's one spot for like those four guys yeah and i'll be honest like say heath would really have to turn it on despite you know maybe there's a conversation to be had about him get having that breakthrough this week uh down the road here like the the spot they gave the Scheffler last time, like we're gonna take this young player who hasn't won. I don't think anyone any of these guys have that. Like Sahit doesn't have the finishes that Scheffler had bef- without the win. I mean, granted, True. he's had some like I don't know. Like maybe I shouldn't say that because it could bite me in the ass. I remember his amazing chip at the Masters on Sunday, and he really did climb up the leaderboard. And he does play great on Sundays to fly himself into those top tens. But I don't know. I don't like see that we have to de- not develop, but like we're going to give it to this young guy. Like I don't feel for Sahith right now like I probably did in the beginning of June regarding Scheffler that year. But we shall see. Again, it's at this point, like Ricky would to me have to have such a steep decline in play for yeah. him not to get the. Like he's chills. He's he's the guy. Like everyone's friends for team. Like you know camaraderie as well. His best friends with the guys. I think we all acknowledge are the leaders in the forefront of this modern ever team USA. Right. Like Mm -hmm. Spieth and despite JT struggles, Spieth is okay. Even just Spieth. Spieth is like the unofficial captain going forward of this team. Like that's just how it is. Even if Scotty Jeff was the better golfer. And he is like, that's not even the debate. Speed is the essential, like vice captain. He's the guy that has the captain's ear the most on who the captain's pick should be. In my opinion, in my opinion, yeah, that's how it is. And he's all in and he buys in and that's, he doesn't just show up the week of the event and try to hope people get along. Like he's fully invested in it. And which I think is, is great. Where does Victor, you know, because I'm looking at some, I was looking at some Ryder Cup odds earlier today, and like there's a potential argument to be had that the European team will have three of the top four players if you're willing to put Victor into that bunch. Um, the USA has Scotty, but like where does Victor rank right now for you? Because the last, all right, so the reason I bring this up is Rory's coming into this event like four to one, right? He's two time defending champ. There's no argument that could be made over the last three months that Victor is not playing better than Rory right now. Um, like if Victor were in this event, would he be priced four to one? I don't think so. Even coming off a win, even if had he finished second, I still don't think he quite gets the credit for the recency and the player that he's really become. He's driving it well. He's progressing at an elite level. He's finishing in majors. He's doing it in elevated events. Um, he's doing everything. And I think that he's like, 
when you take Rom and Rory and then you throw in Victor, like they're potentially going to have three huge dragon superstars at the top of that roster. Three dragon superstars. And in terms of course fit, a guy like Hatton or Fitzpatrick might fit better than players who we'd argue are like who who are they're inferior to certain American players. But like Hatton and Justin course, Thomas. They might be better, they might be better suited yeah. to just like just 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 paper cut you to death. Yeah. The so USA we'll see, it should be a bang. Honestly, I hit those tickets. I never have a third kid on the way. I'd be going to freaking Italy and I'd be sending my wife home early. I'd be staying and spending four more days watching golf. But that's in a different life that doesn't even exist. Even when you hit big golf winners, there's summer yeah. camps and things. You know what it is, Joe. Like it doesn't last long. I promise. A new we another winner, more winners required. We haven't spoken since uh, right before the U.S. Open where we talked a little bit about Brooks. Now that you've seen what you've seen out of him in two majors, um, in your opinion, like qualify or not, how big of a part of this USA roster do you envision him being? Like, is it going to be weird for him or does he step into that room and he's like, I'm the best American player in the world right now. Like, I'm the alpha dog. I deserve to be here. Like, he's he's on the team, right? Yeah, he's on the team. And he's an alpha, but he's been in that room before. And he's yeah. been a part of this changing of the guard in USA golf. And while he's like the alpha, he's kind of taken a backseat to like the players, like the speeds who like take that like leadership role. Um, Great. Brooks never burned a bridge like he didn't. He, mm -hmm. And he doesn't say anything like, you know, Phil's having meltdowns. Europeans cry about Miss Birthday tweets. Uh, but DJ Brooks, like, they don't really say anything. Um, so I think that will help their cause. He's in Jupiter with all the guys anyway. Knowledge is like, come on. Like, I'm playing with, like, these boys. Like, they're still boys. Uh, they just play for different things and different stakes until they all get together. Brooks still finds his way to the top. It would be... I don't need like lit like I don't need to, if Brooks isn't there I think it the event feels like it's like inferior in some way. DJ cannot be there at this point unless he goes and wins his own major and I don't feel like the event is missing something. As much as I love DJ, a fanboy right. form and I'd make the case he should be there. But yeah. I don't feel like we're going to miss him or feel like this feels wrong. Brooks not being there would feel wrong. Very wrong, and I think they know that. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. they, I think it's like in the same Everybody way. Knows. Like, yeah. you embarrass your product in the same way that um, it would be as embarrassing as Phil saying Rory. No one in live would want Rory. Like, and the other actor. Like, don't play that game. Although there's pettiness everywhere, shouldn't really say that. I, I don't know. Long winded. Brooks has to be there. Like, if they can't do that, then they're gonna take away from the event. In a way that DJ, Poulter, Sergio, whatever, even if you want to make a case for those old Euros, don't give a shit. Yeah. Let's take a, a status update on the pulse of the second professional golf tour that is, is probably most relevant right now, and that's the Live Golf Tour. You and I, this time last summer, were two of the first people I know that started doing content for it. And I don't think we were 
pro live at any point. We were actually quite against it, but we realized the reality of the situation in which we're going to have a competitive golf tournament. Now, in my opinion, their their best weeks are were to me the weeks prior to a major championship. No matter what course setup they had, whether it was Orlando at that goat ranch or wherever they're at, People want to get eyes on Brooks. They want to get eyes on Cam. They want to get eyes on DJ before they show up to a major championship. The gamblers do. That's who is watching this stuff. Um, they don't have that this week. And instead, the void has been filled by the mascot, as you call him, sort of sounding off on Twitter and trying to get into this argument with Brandle. And I don't like Brandle whatsoever. And I feel like I don't I feel like Phil genuinely has valid points but he muddies them and he casts this shadow over them with some ridiculous end quote about roaring like his there's point no, was that go ahead so i'm just saying yeah phil does it yeah he made good points they're not they're, they, they they don't get what their likeness is worth nor nor does patrick fucking mahomes or shohei otani like there's a price to be paid to the entity that feeds it you know right. what i mean yeah like the superstars the middle tier might make too much money. The guys at the very top don't make near enough. I agree with you, Phil. Yeah. I agree. But in the latest like, point, I sent it to Mayo today. He feels like how pop fans, pop culture fans feel about like observing Britney Spears at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't take away the greatness. Right. And the, how fucking hot she was to me as a, you know, baby one more time. I was right in my zone. Um, like this, but like now it's like almost a freak show in some respects, despite there being like valid things mixed in there and a history that yeah. is worthy and will always be respected. Um, I think his point was living. that originally that um, his entire like thesis was that live golf may be a better for players whose career is defined by four weeks of year at this point they may be better served playing a limited schedule and three rounds a week on the live tour. I think that was the point that he was trying to make, but he just muddies it and covers it with shit when he throws in there that a team wouldn't accept Rory. And he did the same thing off the bat with live. He's been doing it all along when he had the initial quote that everyone grabbed and buried him for when he said something about yeah, Jamal Khashoggi and it's okay. Yeah. His main point in there was the players don't have leverage and I'm going to change the landscape of professional golf and how these players are rewarded. And he was right about that, but he had to drag in this Washington post reporter into it. And it destroys his entire point. If he and Brandle were to get into a room, though, and this thing actually happens, in my opinion, it's a huge win for the Live Tour because Phil's probably going to win that debate. And Brandle has zero support, what, though, even Joe? from the staunchest of supporters. The gamblers, we don't move any fucking needles. And this is it. Your 14 events, it, 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 no one cares. And this is my point. This is what I mean. The casuals, the less than casuals, my dad can just turn on NBC or CBS Sunday, Saturday on the weekend, and it's like the seven o'clock news. It's like clockwork. There's professional golf on. Mm -hmm. You play 14 times. They don't, my dad is which week before the Masters, after the Masters, random week. Like no one knows, but no one yeah. also cares. And maybe at some point they will care, but you'll never get that like evergreen audience on your like, we don't really know when you play. Like maybe in the future, they have some great traditional schedule that has like endeared itself or ingratiated itself 
to golf fans, but just like click, it's on. And I'm not saying like we can't find the CW or we don't know how to use an app. That's not my point. And we could just use the remotes. My point is they don't know which weekends to go look on the CW. <laughs> right. That, and that's not a knock because like less events worldwide, superstar players, like check, 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 check. These are all good things that golf fans will watch. And I've always said, like, I find you, Bryson's hitting a drive, Cam Smith's hitting a chip, Phil's hitting a chip, DJ Brooks, they're hitting a shot. Neiman, I'll stop and watch. Of course I'll stop and watch. Like, I'll But would you stop and watch if you had no money on it? Would you have watched Live Golf DC on Sunday over yeah, whatever event was there? If Had you not had a, a Bryson 25-1 to 1 ticket and he holes out for Eagle on the yeah, sixth hole? I, I watched those, like, I watched – like all of us, you just stay on the golf channel. You end up watching some done instruction thing. Like you're not at watch. Like, yeah, I would watch it. I'd watch it. Would I like be hyper-focused on it? Like I have a bet. No, mm-hmm. but like Phil Mickelson's hitting a chat from like some weird lie. Like I'm not changing the channel. Right. Bryson DeChambeau's on a tee box. I'm not changing a channel. I'm not. So, but again, it goes back to the point. Like it, the inconsistency of the schedule, I think, makes it like really hard to get the mass audience that's required for something. And yeah, there's a lot of loser PGA events, mm-hmm. but people just know, like, click, like it's CBS just, Sports, it's just three done, o'clock on Sunday. Done, done. Yep. All right. This week, let's talk Canadian Open, man. Um, tell me about your day today. We saw the picture you got with Tommy, you took the selfie. When you show up to the range and are standing behind Tommy Fleetwood, is he aware at that point that you made a video for of the day before that had been circling the interwebs, calling him out? Or was it just like, hey, Tommy, I'm here. It's, it's you know, let, can we grab a quick picture? Or did he see you out of the corner of his eye coming from a mile he away? Saw he saw me. He yeah. saw me and he let out a smirk. And he was talking to one of his coaches who then I believe he relayed like, that guy like recorded something really weird and then the guy looked like i could tell then that guy looked at me and it's like you know wink and smile and haha but i'm like there i'm normal i'm talking to our like head of instruction director of golf like i'm like standing beside people at the property that are in are important but i mean listen did i make a cringe video yeah but you gotta pick your spots with cringe joe like oh, I- would i ever hold on like um, would i ever do a um I just had a bit like a gender reveal. No, it's like, no, like I wouldn't like, there's like crazy, like, but like, would I cringe myself to have a meet and greet with Tommy Fleetwood? Would I do something cringe to like, go say hi to Justin Herbert? Like, yeah, I would yeah. like, so there's a level of things I will cringe out for. Right. And yeah. I, uh, that's important to me. I cringe. I'm not making some cringe. Like I said, I'm like, go hit a golf ball with some like dust in it. Like, no, like that's cringe content to me. I'm 39 freaking years old. Not don't need a freaking um whatever gender reveal shit for the internet. But I cringed myself out in a different way. The but internet they, needed this, and that's we it. Got that, it. No. And listen, I took a picture with Tommy Fleetwood today. It's got over like 750 likes on Twitter. Do you think there's anything else that happened at this property today that got that many, like anything affiliated with the RBC Canadian Not Open today. that got that kind of traction on social media? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. Right. 
I mean, I got a media credential. I'm just going to using it differently. But I could tell you, bro, like, I'm just saying, like, I did so, like n- nothing else. Anyone did got that sort of traction on the golf internet today. That's it. So, yeah, uh, I had a good time. Then me and Tommy chatted for a bit. Lovely. Um, it did kind of end. Like I could tell in a sense, he's like, um, when I'm like, yeah, I'll see you, see you tomorrow. Like he had this moment of like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna have to see this guy every single day, R and I. But hey, when there's if there's a trophy Sunday, maybe we got it. And Joe, where's Tommy never won a tournament before? The PGA tour. The PGA tour, but like where essentially? America. America. Where are we? Not We're America. In Canada, baby. Tommy's got wins all over the goddamn world. Europe, Dubai, like Middle East, everywhere, South Africa. Uh, S- uh, South Africa, I believe he won the Ned Bank, one mm-hmm. of those ones everywhere. So now it's time as a member of the Commonwealth. You guys fought him out. We just let them, you know, have their way with us. So we're in the Commonwealth and um, let's have a Commonwealth victory, I guess. I, I really, that'd be awesome. He can't stand me now, but I think if he wins, he might like have to have yeah. positive vibes about me. Right. Absolutely. You might get a signed bag or something. Talk to me about your course, man, because this is an awesome situation for you. Um, you've been a member there forever. Basically, it's a composite of of 27 holes at your course. I believe the back nine is going to be all one of the nines. The the uh, the front nine is a composite of the other two. Um, a par 72 layout, which there were some discrepancies about that. The final hole is playing as a par five. I believe I got some confirmation on that today. What is like the defining element of this golf course you say is it the greens is it the fairways is it undulation is it thick rough like what's going to sort of define this tournament when we think back on it at the end of sunday oh i mean there'll be birdies but like i think the course's defining elements are like there's a lot of shots where you hit down you hit down below and then your approaches you go back up and then you're back up raised 50 feet above for your next tee shot and you hit them into valleys and you, you hit them back out. Um, there's a lot of, it's like a classical parkland tree line golf course. Um, a lot of slopey fairways. And it, listen, we haven't had much rain here, if any at all. It's hot. It's going to be hot again tomorrow. Course is also getting baked out a bit. Um, and like it slopes where like you, you hit your drive and it, it can go for a run, but it will slope into into like right off the fairway like it'll take a steep turn and you'll be right into the rough so guys will probably have to be cautious of that the greens are beautiful anyone who's ever been on the property it's you know maybe one of the first things you mentioned that being said like you know most your friend like you bring a friend who plays munis like yeah he's gonna notice like wow these are these are pretty nice but they are nice uh multi-tiered with crowns and slopes they'll have pin placements i'm certain i've never seen Right. Like member pins. Like, come on. It's a friendly setup. Like, you know, for members. Um, So there'll be pins on some of those crowns. I'm sure that like we've thought like, wow, they put it there. That could be diabolical. But in the end, Joe, I think if you're in the fairway and I think you can play to your numbers, you can play to your numbers here. And once you play to them, 15 of the 14, 15 holes, 13, like birdie holes. Mm-hmm. Birdie holes. Um, I will say 
had some consternation about like if seven would be reachable in two. And then again, every time I have these thoughts and like you watch five minutes of pro golf, it's like, yeah, they will get destroyed. Yeah. Like, you know, I stand there like looking at it and having played, I'm like in two, like, how (laughs) is that possible? But even the green is so small, but I don't, yeah, they'll get there in two and even 18, which yes, there was some different uh, reports out there, but it will be a par five. It played a par four in the Monday qualifier last year. Okay. And it played a stroke over par. Um, and uh, so I don't think it's uh, like if it's windy, if the wind's in their face, you know, that's uphill the whole way. Um, but 250 uphill, like they'll get there. They'll still yeah, get there. They will. My original thoughts were maybe they would have maybe. Sorry. My original thoughts with both seven and 18 were essentially if they lay up, it's like a 99.9% birdie to me. Hmm. Like, like how could the pro not birdie from this spot? Like with all the slopes in the green, but once you're like right in front of it, you just can plop it up to the level you need to be. But as Pat point kind of pointed, like, yeah, the juice might be worth the squeeze. You know, they, they can get there and they'll, they'll attack it. 12 will have the most Eagles. That will, I think be the easiest hole. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be low scoring. I saw someone showed the Circa put out a 17 and a half, like uh, under 17 and a half, like winning score. Winning score. Come on. Like, I don't know if that number's still up there. I don't have access to that book, but if you'd you hammer do, it. Yeah, I would hammer it, Joe. What it's, easier than, it's an easier course than St. George's. Rory, no, you could say okay. Rory, when Rory is playing well, maybe he gets to a number that other guys wouldn't. So you can maybe mm-hmm. look at like, Okay, it's 19 at St. George's, but that's Rory getting a 19. Yeah. I don't care. Like, I'd be pretty shocked if it stayed under 20. I would. I would. Yeah. I mean, the leaderboard last year, I'm sure you'd be dying for with Rory, Finau, Thomas, Rose had made a run. But what about, so last week at the Memorial, like, the importance of being in the fairway and, like, the, the penalty for being in the rough, which was so grown out there and it was just impossible to hold greens when you're coming into firm smaller greens from that rough to me like that's how they're going to control who's ever in charge this week can control whether it gets from 15 under par to 25 under par based on whether they cut the rough down on Wednesdays which they usually do at PGA Tour tournaments is do you have any insight into how that works like whose decision is it is it the club's decision is it your superintendent's decision or is someone from the pga tour saying this is exactly what the length of the rough that we want this to play because does any of it potentially have any impact on getting an event back in the future based on winning score and sort of how the players enjoy the tournament so we're already scheduled to host it again in 26 the only thing that would prevent that would be a negative member vote at the end of this year I wouldn't have thought that'd be possible, Joe, but people, I don't know if people know this, but St. George's turned down their option to get it again in 25 as a membership. So that kind of worries me that like our freaking old dud, like they'll just, I don't know, they'll start a campaign. Like they'll see that as like, you know, an incentive to maybe rally support. But um, I, I certainly hope not. I hope it's a great week. As for your question, as silly as this might sound, it's like the U.S. Open. It's like golf. It, well, not as much. That's totally USJ. Golf Canada is really in charge with the PGA Tours in charge of the course. 
Okay. All right, let's get to the board. Let's make some bets. All right, Canadian Open odds here. Rory McIlroy, top of the board, 5-1 to one to win this tournament. Tyrrell Hatton, um, down now to 12-1. to one. Matthew Fitzpatrick at 14-1. to one. Cameron Young, 15. Sam Burns, 16. Corey Connors, 18. Rose is 18 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Shane Lowry is at 20. Anyone from under 20-1 to one that you have interest in taking a stake in this week in the betting markets, Jeff? So I have no stakes in any of them under 20 to one, but you know, the rose at 18 is something like I'm going to bet one of these guys. I don't know who though. Rose Burns Hatton. Maybe yeah. Fitzpatrick. One of those guys are going to supplement my 22 to one Tommy Fleetwood, which. Yep. I I'll tell you why, but um, Tiro um, 14 to one. Sorry, who? I bet Tyrrell Hatton yeah. fourteen to one makes total makes total sense makes yep. total sense. Uh, you know he can he's done very despite the reputation of being this like hardcore guy, he can just pick places apart too. He's done that. Um, you know Burns, we've spoken about it so many times. Like despite his Valspar wins, he's also really good at bullying shitty fields, Joe. And just like having this, I'm going to win attitude, steal your lunch money. Um, and then, you know, Rose just seems like he can just pick it up if the putters go. And it seems like he could plot here absolutely, you know, to perfection. So I would yeah, agree. it's probably yeah. between Burns and Hatton for me. I'll be honest okay. uh, as to where I'm leaning there. I like Hatton. I like Hatton a lot. I didn't see any of these guys other than in this under 20 to one on the out there today, other than um, other than Cam Young. And I spoke to him a bit for about a minute after. And he said, like, he's exhausted. It's like, I'm really so tired. I'm so tired, man. Now it's Monday. You go home, you sleep. The yeah. fact that he was at the course today, it's like I got in at 3 a.m., but he was at the course today. Like, he could have just yeah. slept maybe and just gone harder tomorrow. So. Read into that of what you may. Um, could he bomb and gouge the shit out of it? Maybe. I mean, yeah. the like super, you know, like he's a high-end bomb and gouge. Maybe you could, if you like the bomb and gouge theory here. I don't necessarily believe that'll work because I think, I mean, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But I just think you played your number and you got like 15 birdie looks. Um, yep. And Tyrrell is great at hitting his number right now. That's why I got him. He's fourth in approach. He gets even better when I sort of filtered it out with with uh, some easy scoring conditions and out of the long rough. Um, he's the second best player in the field with his wedges right now from basically 100 to 175 yards. Um, unique in that, you know, I think I watched a lot of Rory last week and I, I actually hit Rory as a winner here last year at this event. I felt pretty good about it because he had really figured something out with his wedges and he seems to have nothing right now with them. And I think it's sort of the product of yeah, he's got like a he can hit a pitching wedge 160 or 190 yards like it's hard for it's hard for anyone to lay off a golf shot. It's hard to hit an 85 percent shot. Anytime I go to hit an 85 percent wedge, I usually end up hitting it, chunking it way short or thinning it over. It's just very difficult. And I think that that range being important and he's just a top 10 putter in the field as well. I feel like I feel like the only 
thing that can go wrong here is Tyrrell doesn't like your golf course and he's middle fingering the holes and the bunkers. But if he likes the setup and enjoys the golf course, I do feel like he's set up best to win this event um, at the top of the board. I actually like him. If you gave me pretty much like even odds on Tyrrell or Rory this week, I could make an argument that Hatton is the better pick for this setup. Yeah, I mean, despite, you know, St. George, same architect, Stanley Thompson, a, a classic golf architect, probably the most yeah. famous Canadian golf architects. There's many similar similarities in the Parkland vibes and, you know, the the up the uphill shots. Um, Pat didn't see it when I asked him about it today because, you know, he watches all the golf, but he's like working out or on the treadmill or doing something with his ear pod, mm-hmm. not really listening. So he doesn't get triggered when like, azinger says things stupid you know yeah did you hear Um, yesterday jack when he was in the booth say i gotta have a talk with this with rory like as rory was like yes i heard her expletiving like maybe a par five and then when rory walked off literally like what an exhausting day that must have been for for all of them but like especially with an expectation and a lead with rory jack's like we've got to sit down and talk like it's like oh my god Oh. oh Cringeworthy. That was cringe. Yeah, for Rory, right? like, uh, in in full right, like that's great that Jack cares. Jack, like, just saying it, just do it, I guess. But I think he was just thinking out loud, and he just sees Rory after, and he's like, "We got to arrange a meeting. We, I'm gonna help you get to the bottom of this nonsense." I think is what Jack is thinking. Um, All right, so my guy, um, Ted. There's a couple people talking in the chat. I want to hear your take on this because it should be a great setup for Corey Connors. I have really nothing negative to say about him. I've been betting him. I didn't hit him for the win. But is there a reason in your mind to actually fade Canadians this week? Because I don't know. That's that's their heritage. That's where they were born. So that's an auto like red line through him. I've never bet a Canadian in the Canadian Open. <laughs> if one wins, that will be great. We will be so happy here. It'll be celebrated. But as I tried to describe it, like, why would I want to bet a guy in the Valero playing with major championship pressure? Like, that doesn't seem like a good angle. I want to get more points for that. If I'm betting into that, I want more points for that. Um, That's about it. Corey Connors is amazing. Now, I'd argue his biggest strength here is kind of negated. He's like a a fantastic harder golf course guy because... He'll hit that green from 190 out, and he doesn't need to make the birdie party putts. I uh, watched him on the bit of the putting green today. He's working hard. Yeah, I'm just not betting Canadians. Is but it that much that pressure said, on them? Joe, we, we got a deeper roster than like when me and Pat started doing this podcast eight years yes. ago. So maybe that's like knock it out, Feinberg. Yeah, because we've got Taylor, Svensson, Pendrith, Cockrell's been playing great. Like I'm not saying for a win, but like. We have maybe like a, a lineup that can probably pull it off in a weak field that yeah. we didn't have like six years ago. And maybe I'm still in the six years ago. Mm-hmm. Where it's like There's five guys and Delette. And it's like, right. And yeah. we're at the end and other ones. But, you know, if you got this memory of VJ Singh trying to hand his best friend, Mike, Weir a Canadian open and Mike, Weir still couldn't take it. <laughs> he's a master he'd already won a masters like that's kind of to to the pressure when we watch golf on our like espn here joe they'll show you the leader 
and then they won't even show you like third place. It'll just be where the Canadians are. That's interesting. See, I didn't really see that. Like to me, this is sort of me being, I guess, ignorant in a sense a little bit. But I'm I was ignorant. At- I bet Thomas Detry in Belgium two Dude. weeks ago because I bet him all the time. He was in a playing a bunch of guys who play pillow fight golf. I never heard of. He yeah, the worst I'm looking Sunday at Connors. Ever. I'm looking at Svensson, and these guys live 10 minutes from me. They're practically, they can claim Florida as much as I can claim Florida. They've been here for 10, 15 years. They don't leave Florida. They're here every week. And like, so it's hard for me. That's why I wanted to ask you if like these guys ultimately are still feeling that pressure of going back to Canada, the weight on their shoulders yes. of kind of trying to lift We're it for the entire We're a proud sporting country. nation. They might live in Florida, but we never let them forget for a moment. For <laughs> a moment, it. Joe for a moment they don't they don't trust me for a moment like they wear it and like golf canada as you people have seen like we've like i think four wins on the pga tour this year which is crazy now some of them are like lower tier events but like trust me for like golf and golf canada that's like fantastic yeah um and your boy svenson is like he's very like even a hadwin i said like hadwin could 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 plot around here like he does at the amax and like drop a 61 on what like on those jabroni pro-am courses yeah like that yeah, would right. shock so- me one bit he plots to his number and sticks it svenson like he'll have to hit his putts but he'll be sticking the shots uh and his i number, bet svenson he's I bet popular svenson. man like he's popular this week i don't think yeah. it has anything to do with the canadian fact i mean maybe that's like a vibe but there's a clear course fit yeah. before we leave this top tier joe I truly believe that when we get into these events, like the week before a major, the week after a major, but mainly the week before a major, when we're talking about these this group of players who really can win, or the, the really good players, mm-hmm. I think we see time and time again that it's good to bet on like the good players who like need the wit, like how Jason Day, like good the point. drought was so long. It doesn't matter that next week's a major. Yep. Like Tommy Fleetwood's never won a PGA event. Cam Young, you want to fade him? I'm fading him too. But like, there's no, oh, next week's the U.S. Open. This guy's never won on the PGA. Yeah. Um, Corey Connors needed that win the week before the Masters. Right right before, he hadn't won for like two years. And we talk about him like he's a great golfer. Like, (laughs) he had to win that. And, And if you look through that history, I'm telling you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, wow. It happens a bit. So when it comes from the good guys... I, I sometimes find that those are the guys to maybe back. Um, now, maybe that's like me finding a way to bet Tommy or even to make a case for Sahith. There's mm-hmm. a U.S. Open in California next week. That's fantastic. That's amazing. This guy still never won a PGA event. Like he's right. he was I, I, at the end of the day, the range was empty. He was there. Now, I don't know if that's a product yeah. of he maybe got in later. Like so he's preparing to like win a golf tournament this week. The U.S. Open next week doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Unless maybe like if you get a nagging injury, like I'm out because of a, a major, but you know what I mean? Like that mindset of the U S open next week is only relevant to like six of these guys. Yeah. So you've got Tommy, obviously. Did you bet Sahith as well? No, but I like it a lot and okay. I've seen it. I've seen it in the mid thirties in some shops and maybe I should bet it. Um, Cause he's sort of like the, there's like eight, nine or 10 really great guys. I'm happy are here. And then it's just uh, such a drop off. And I really hope one of the good players win Joe, because I don't want to look at like a picture of Ryan armor holding the trophy for the rest of my life. As I exit my locker room. 
Yeah, I don't think you'll have to worry about armor this week. No, but you like insert yeah, I know like insert Scott Pierce. Like there's a hundred yeah. of them. Like right. you know, I'd rather it be Brent Snedeker because that'd be a mm-hmm. fun one. And what you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So Svensson is the second guy that I bet. I got a 60. Um, I was interested because I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks because we seem to come into these events and the two the two Canadian Adams have been really intriguing for me to follow because up until this week, Adam Svensson was like double the price of Adam Hadwin nearly every week. Um, and I think Svensson, it's hard to argue this year in 2023 that he hasn't been a substantially better player than Adam Hadwin. I had this thing where I'm like, I'm going to short course is 7,200 yards or less. You bet Adam Svensson. He excels there. It's where he has all of his great finishes. Then the guy shows up to Quail Hollow and does really good. Then he shows up to Oak or, you know, he showed up to the PGA championship and played really well there. Um, he's starting to really come into his own. Now the ball striking has slightly been fleeting to him a little bit, but he's picking it up with the putter. So I still think that 60 to one is a good number. And I prefer that to a 40 or 50 um, on Hadwin or even like someone like Kuchar, like Kuchar. Yeah. As a plotter, he's going to get around. He's going to get up and down. Svensson has just been playing better consistently than, than either one of those guys. I don't have anything bad to say. I just, I've got this thing. I've, I'm not getting off my no Canadians this week for yeah. Svensson, um, but I like him a lot. I identified him as a clear course fit, especially in the group of like top Canadians, maybe even a top Canadian market this week, which will certainly be crowded. And there's a lot of randoms. I'm sure nobody's heard of in there, including myself. Um, so Ted asks, any thoughts on the DP tour guys this week? I saw you follow Moronk today. I've heard you mention um, Hoge guard a lot in the past. Do you have any likings for either one of those guys or anyone else in the field making the voyage over as they begin their quest for the U S open sort of making this a pit stop that they kind of do annually from the DP world tour. Yeah. So uh, I've got action on both of them. I've got a Hoge guard at 80 and Moronk at 50. I like them. Yeah, uh, I like Moronk a lot this week. I did uh, get a walk a hole or two with him um, today. Ironically, it was a a hole that, you know, I thought would be pretty easy. But the way he was talking about it and walking off it, he was sort Mm. of, you know, looking at his caddy as, you know, maybe we just play this thing pretty conservatively and play to the center of where the pin's going to be and and get out with a par, which for a 350-yard par four, but... Man, the green, the rough around that green was like insane. Um, yeah. And I, I listen. People could think it's rude. I posted a video of him duffing a chip. Like I bet the guy. Like, <laughs> I was like, what do you think that's rude? Um, that didn't change my opinion. I also watched like six guys duff chips there, and it's like they're just trying to figure out which wedge I want to use. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. he's fig- seeing this grass for the first time. So he does it, then then like two later, it's like perfect. And then when we get to the tournament, I guess that's the stroke you hope you have. Um, but I'm on Moronk. I think if um there's 50 to one out there, I, I think mm-hmm. if it gets past the really good players, I think he could be in a driver's seat. Well, I, I gotta talk about him just because I've 
been tweeting about him for probably the last six months, but Ludwig Aberg makes his uh, PGA Tour debut after getting the auto promotion for finishing basically as the number one in the PGA Tour University rankings. He steps into his very first PGA Tour event as a professional player at 60 to one next to Adam Svensson, who has a win next to Nikolai Hogard, who has, you know, European tour wins next to Adrian Maronk, who's one of the hottest players from the DP World Tour. Are you one buying into the hype? And two, is there any value to be squeezed out of a 60 to one on a guy making his debut? No, I'm not buying into the hype. No, that's crazy. The Ro- yes. Rose clearly crushed that. But, Joe, when this sh- shit dropped in the morning, there was 120 to one on Luke. was. And I took a clip of it just, just almost for content. Like, yeah. what the hell? This thing just happened. Like, 60 is insane. It's yes. criminal. Posting a 60, the, the, the book trader should be charged with a crime. Yeah. Let me That's see something fair. here. I can't I'm wait. Sc- He's honestly on my short list tomorrow of, of I, I didn't see him today. He's on my short list of, of guys I'd love to track down and just. You have just- to watch him. Because yeah. he's awesome. I'm scrolling down the list here. There, I found him. 250 to 1. So to kind of put things into perspective, Sam Bennett is 250 to 1 in a nearly 5x the Aberg price. Um, Bennett won the USAM last year. He won five collegiate tournaments. He finished T16 at the Masters. This guy has reps. He played at the Masters for two rounds with Scotty and Max Homa and then followed it up trailing along with Brooks and John Rahm on the weekend. He made the cut in the U.S. Open last year. I like Ludwig. I think that he is a much better player, but to put things into perspective, you have two really highly touted AMs, one who's actually proven it in major championships, one who's who's very like used to sort of the situation and playing a PGA Tour tournament, and he's 5x the price. The number on Aberg just doesn't make any sense. Like, Aberg may be the Michelin star chef, but Bennett's been in the kitchen before. Like he knows his way around it. He knows the menu. He understands what it takes a little bit more. Um, so I just like the discrepancy between those two players. And I think it's just hype coming into this first event. They didn't know where to price him, but I'll be interested. Follow uh, Rose. Rose had to throw a wrench in this Joe. But okay. I don't know, man. We've seen like 16 year old girls like, okay. Full yeah. support of the LPGA grow the game golf for everyone i've got two girls if they want to i fully endorse them embracing golf and having every opportunity um they want that being said i don't like how do you put this in the right like i don't even like right way wrong way i don't know we've seen like children win in the ladies tour i feel Mm mm-hmm it doesn't. I don't know that that happens. Yeah. On the men's tour, um, yeah. and I'm saying that as a guy that like saw a 120 on a book when everyone else had 50 and 60. He's like, well, I'm just gonna bet this just to show everyone. Like, I got my awesome golf CLV on a guy with yeah. no chance. Yep. Anybody in the long shot range? I have one over a hundred to one. But as we sort of scroll the list, is there anyone here you think is a good course fit or you potentially is worth a bet down in this range? Okay, so uh, Mark Hubbard was sort of a guy that That's I identified. That's my guy. I yeah. took him. Yeah. yeah. P- plot around here beautifully, Joe. Um, a lot of people I respect 
are telling me to to really swim around Mr. Lee Hodges. Um, okay. So that's one that in the like couple looks I took uh, today, like has me intrigued. Is that a bear off pick? I was uh, Mayo was the one that I don't know if yeah. Ryan took him. And can I make a crazy one? Please. Over 100 to 1 in some places. He can make the case he's like the 15th, 16th best player in the field. I don't know about a win, but it's Aaron Wise's third start, Joe. I know. I think I am going to like placing markets. I could like I want to maybe bet on something there this week. I don't know that I could fully get behind the outright, but I believe the number to the talent to the field could maybe really create some like betting opportunities. Yeah. I can get behind that. Look, it's it to me like I I liken it to how I'd like to bet. I don't know how I sometimes will end up betting NFL football or something like that when there's a disappointing year, but you understand the potential of the team. You understand what the expectations were sort of coming into the season as Aaron Wise was, you know, we did the preseason draft together with Pat. He was like a top 20 pick overall of everyone in the draft. And now he's showing up here in a weaker field at 101. He reminds me of like like the Rams last year. Late he's in the had season. A, it's like a player off the, not the injury. I don't want to, I mean, I take that stuff very seriously. So I don't want to diminish it. But I mean, like, you don't want to bet a player off the injury. But yeah. you could say like a good player who's played like who's now like mad multiple starts off the injury. Maybe right. now like I'm willing to bet like this is where we get the spark. This is where maybe there's a 62 on the scorecard on Friday or mm-hmm. something like this. Like, you know, maybe. Yeah. And I hope that I'm not like in a month at a shitty event being like Aaron Wise, 100 yeah. talent to field. But <laughs> I'm starting it here. I, I just think there's no middle tier here. There really isn't a middle tier here. So to get a guy that we know what he is at that number, that's one I think I could really be taking a willing to be taking that chance on. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Michael Kim is a guy I'm seeing like as high as 80, 85 and as low as like 60. And it's I think really he'll good. be really popular because he's kind of doing a lot of things right at the moment. Yeah. You catching a U.S. Open qualifying today? Any surprises there or things you're excited, the guys who made it through? Okay, I'm not going to lie. Normally, I would have, but I was kind of like all consumed oh, yeah, yeah. On, on the thing today. But I was on the Twitter, and I saw things going down. It seemed like a lot of fun. Uh, there was one up the street from where – well, not up the street, but in Toronto on the other side of town where a lot of the guys who are playing this week oh, cool. were over there, including Michael Block. Um, <laughs> any of them get through like any notable ones? You know what? I, I should check. I, think... I was going, I had plans because one of my good friends that I golf with almost every weekend is a member at pine tree. And that's where they had the Florida one. So five days ago, it was supposed to be Daniel Berger and Matthew Wolf there. Um, and I had plans to go today and then both of them ended up withdrawing. I saw that, there was a playoff between Wesley Bryan and Carlos Ortiz and Ortiz ended up getting through in that one. But, um, and then there was a guy, the guy who actually won it chips one handed, which will be interesting to see oh. someone in the U S open chipping one handed. It was a pretty unbelievable sight. Yeah. That guy's going to get, um, that guy's going to get more TV time than Patrick Reed. <laughs> yeah, he will. 
Like, I'm right. not, who I love Patrick Reed. I just mean, like, right? With live guys who aren't contending, they'll mm-hmm. probably treat them like they don't exist. And this guy's going to be, yeah, this guy's going to be a story. The one-handed chipper, everyone's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. everybody. Imagine having the chutzpah to do that beside. Oh, my God. I know. Like, I'm just, like, name any, like, top 50 player in the world, like, has to watch you do that in a major championship. What yeah. on earth? But, hey, he did it. Well, the last the last U.S. Open winner is a uh, left-hand low chipper, cross-handed. Cross-handed. Who, yeah, Fits. I didn't see today, but. I, I'm pretty confident, Joe. My course is in a part of town. Fitzpatrick seemed like uh, well, well-to-do people. They've never vacationed here before. Uh, the, they never vacationed near this golf course this week before. I promise you that. Um, He's staying we'll, downtown. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm well. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually curious where players are staying. Not that people care. I'm happy, Pendrith. Uh, he actually stayed in Ohio for that U.S. Open sectional instead of coming to the one mm. in Toronto where he would have had where he's coming anyway, and he qualified. So that's cool. fun. Um, that one caught. caught and then my you eye. saw obviously how cool was it for Victor to caddy for his oh. boy today? So amazing! Like what? <laughs> you can't make it up. Yeah, like it's a legend. How, like, I'm not... and you know what? If he finished second in a heartbreak, he's still there. Yeah, absolutely. you know. He's still there, and the, but people will be like, "Oh, there's that Victor doesn't have that Sunday dog in him, Joe." Jeez. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, that's fun to end. Well, you know, for a little bit, like golf, because sooner or later, like, right, like Morikawa, JT, like these win streaks, like we talk about them, but to these guys, like, it wreaks havoc on them. I'm certain of it because they yep. care so much. Like personally, it's so must kill them. Must kill them. All right. Well, you've given me an hour of your time. I'm extremely gracious on a busy week for you, on an exciting week for you, man. I wish you all the best uh, and hope that you have an enjoyable week. I'll be rooting for Fleetwood with you. Um, I hope that he's able to come through for your sake. Thank you for checking out the show, everyone, this week. Make sure to, uh, if you can like and subscribe on the way out, give the YouTube page some love. I would genuinely appreciate it. Make sure to stay tuned to my Twitter account, at TorPix. My guest here, at GFeinberg17. Go follow the man. I appreciate you guys. Have a great night. Good luck at the Canadian Open. Next week, I'm going to be doing the show on Sunday night with Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg, who's got some awesome stuff on LACC. So we're bumping the show up one night because Andy's going to be on site there. Looking forward to that. I hope to see you all there. Like I said before, uh, have a great week. Thanks for checking out the show. Talk to you later. Peace.